you're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Zach Bechtold and Matt Franks. If you'd like to learn more about the Bearded Theologians, you can go online at beardedtheologians.com, where we have past podcasts, blogs, and a couple items for sale. So check us out, beardedtheologians.com. Thank you for listening, and enjoy this week's show. You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Matt Franks and Zach Bechtold. And we have a a very special guest with us today. We have another Matthew. We have Matthew Paul Turner with us today, who's doing some really cool, uh, really cool things in uh, a space that we don't talk about often. So uh, Matthew, tell us who you are, where you're from, what you do. Well, I, for one thing, it's good to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Um, So thanks. Um, I am a writer. I started writing, I guess 15, 20 years, almost, almost 20 years ago, um, I was an editor for a Christian music magazine um, that was based in Nashville. And I was there for three years. And uh, when I left, or when I was let go, actually, I, the one thing that I took from that experience was, was writing. And so I started writing books. I wrote my first couple books for Relevant. Um, and I think I've, I've written since then, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's an ungodly number of books that I've written. Um, but I, in about three years ago, I, uh, took a pretty big turn as far as like from a career standpoint and, uh, went from writing books that were mostly for adults um, to books for children. And it sort of like um, became something that it became a space that I could find a little, uh, find a place that I could fill. And it's been a really awesome ride. So I, I write children's books about God for kids. And uh, it's, I've been doing that now for three and a half years. And um, it's been really, it's been, it's been way more fun and way more enjoyable than I ever thought. Like I, I really, um, and I've been watching and seeing how that uh, doing that has impacted people. Like it's been really kind of a, a, a cool side of it that I just, you know, I knew people like children's books. I didn't know to what extent they could like um, affect people's lives. So it's been wild. Yeah. What, uh, what triggered that transition for you uh, to go from writing to adults to writing to children? Cause those are two different spaces. Yeah. You know, okay, <clears throat> a couple things probably. I, um, in my writing career, uh, you know, when I was writing books for adults, I had kind of hit a plateau. Um, I'd written the two books that I, uh, I, I really dreamed about writing. It was two memoirs. Of, one was uh, based on my uh, upbringing and fundamentalism. Like I had Barbies burned in front of me to explain hell and that kind of stuff. And so I wrote I was a humorist, and so like I would write like a satirical uh, story about the about my life, um, and kind of in, in you know a little bit of a, a David Sedaris type style. And while there was a you know pockets of people who liked that kind of thing in the Christian world, I um, I just it was hard to find an audience because I didn't come with, I, I, you know, I'm not a pastor and I don't have a theology degree. And I, so when you're just writing humor and making people laugh and uh, certainly having um, writing stuff that is layered with 
you know, there was, there was, there was a point to every single story, uh, but I wasn't making obvious connections between those points um, sometimes. And so um, it was, uh, it's funny because I, I spoke at an event in uh, Mississippi at a college and the guy, uh, the guy kind of put it in, put my whole like career in perspective by saying, yeah, I'm not going to get in trouble for what you said. I'm going to get in trouble for what you didn't say. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it, it, and, and that kind of made sense to me. And so I was at a point I had really, my, my, my last book for adults was called uh, our great big American God. And it was probably the book that I was most proud of because I worked on, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many hours and, um, and months of time I've put into that book, but it was a, a short history of how America and God were, you know, how, how they came together and how America affected God, like how we had, how we changed God to some degree. Um, and, you know, and there was a huge section about, you know, Methodists and, but it was like this mix of satire and, uh, and information. Um, I mean, you know, I, I poured my heart and soul into it. And then one, then the publisher that I was with had a falling out with Amazon. And literally it happened like three weeks before my book was to release. Mm. And so you could not get it. You couldn't get my book on Amazon uh, for, I guess, I don't know, two and a half months. And when you're writing for adults, it's weird because like, you depend on Amazon. Like, I mean, you know, like you really, there's this, while it's the great beast in some ways in publishing, it, it's also like the, uh, it, it, it helps you get in front of customers. And like, even though we hate Amazon, we also like download books and use it. And we're all like members of prime and, or most of us mm -hmm. and whatever. And so it, um, I, it, long story short, I was at a place in my life where I did not think that I would write again. Um, and then my wife decided, my wife asked me, she was, why don't you try writing a children's book? And I, that the other, the other reason why I started writing children's books was because every time I would read a book about God to my kids, I was always finding myself changing things. Like I would like, it just, it was a, a weird theology or a theology, something that I just didn't feel like. I don't know. I didn't want my kids having to wrestle with at that particular age. And I just found myself changing words. And so like, it became this thing where I like would joke. I mean, my kids never wanted to read any, wanted me to read any books to them about God. And so like, I just started thinking, could I write something about God for kids that would, you know, spark their imaginations and, and keep their interest. And, um, and so I started writing down these, terrible rhymes and, uh, and, and ideas. And, you know, it took me a while to finally, uh, get on a topic or an idea that I really thought could have some, have some legs. And so I wrote my book, wrote a book called God made light. And I sent it to my agent. My agent liked it. We sent it out to publishers and got 11 no's, um, which was really, really frustrating. And this was, that was two, that, that all those no's came about two months after the last book released. So it was a really bad season of writing. But uh, my wife had just gotten a book deal of her own and she said, let's, let's self-publish it. And we ended up selling uh, all, we, we, we took a year, came out a year, for, uh, it came out in October of 2014, I think. Um, 
and we sold every copy that we printed. Um, and uh, w one of the publishers came back and said, okay, let's do it. Um, and my book, my book with uh, my first children's book on a like wide release came out in 2017 and it was called When God Made You. And so, um, dude, I just, I, 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 my thing was, is I wanted to write words that gave my kids life and, and, and affirmed them, told them how much God delighted in them. And, and in some way, reintroduce or introduce them to God in a way that I was not introduced to God. I was introduced to God in such a negative, heavy handed manner that I wanted my kids to find um, a different way. And I'm so, not letting you all talk. Like if this was, if we were just sitting at a bar, like you all would be bored. <laughs> no, this is perfect. This is perfect. Cause, cause that's great. I mean that I find myself doing the same thing. I'll be reading something to my kids and go, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and stop in the middle of a sentence and be like, do I want to finish this? How do I change this? You know, and, what, and, what is and, it that know, I do? And we've all been so like, you know, even the idea of like, none of my, one of the things that I wanted my books to, to not include were pronouns for God. I, I just, I wanted to avoid mm -hmm. this he, she idea of, because some people have really terrible relationships with their dads. Sometimes, you know, their dads aren't even present. And sometimes they're, you know, they don't have great relationships with their moms. And so I felt like, could I get away? Could I write books that just used, let God be God. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I know that when I was reading kids, it would always, reading to my kids, I would always, it would always frustrate me because so many, they just, they, they use, they use pronouns so quickly um, and all the time. And it just, um, so that was just one, th one area that I found myself changing um, in, you know, when I was reading and it just became, I was like, you know what? I think I could do better. I mean, or at least try. So. Right. Well, isn't that where most things come from, right? You, you, I can do better than that. You know, <laughs> it, is. it takes a little bit of like, you have to be a little cocky, I guess, to think yep. that you could do it. Yep. Um, which was weird because like, I, I, I didn't, I, I wasn't the, the writer who grew up thinking I was going to be a writer. I wanted to right. be a songwriter. So what the one thing that this, uh, this new career move took me back to was this idea of rhyming words. Like I was, I, I, when I was 14, I carried a book around, you know, a, a notebook that had nothing but terrible song lyrics and rhymes in them. Um, and I filled those pages up. I've filled up so many different, uh, you know, notebooks of, with, with words about God and um, thoughts and ideas. And so I, um, it kind of took me back to that. Um, rhyming was something that I, I really enjoyed doing. Um, and so it's, uh, I never thought that I would sit around and write, you know, write rhyming words about God and find any kind of like real joy in it. But I really find myself like, I find there's, it's a, there's very much a purpose and I get to be intentional about things and it's been fun. It's been a fun um, switch. So. Yeah. No, and that, that's a, that's a ton of fun. Um, 
And I, I, I commend you from going from the adult world to the children world. Cause that's, that's tough. Uh, you know, being, being a but pastor nice who pastors birth to death. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to have readers for once. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's a big deal. Like, I mean, you know, when you've, you've poured your heart and soul into writing books for 10, 12 years mm -hmm. and you, um, and, and certainly I had readers. I mean, I had a blog, I had a popular blog for a while. Um, and so, uh, I, I was known for a while, you know, with uh, me and Rachel Held Evans would joke that, you know, we were kind of like this. We were, we were the outsiders in the blogger world because we didn't have theology degrees. And so we would, you know, uh, often talk about how we could get away with saying things that pastors <laughs> often could not say, or, mm -hmm. you know, uh, people who were like working for you know, religion schools or, you know, they were professors and they just, they just weren't allowed to say it. Um, and so we kind of got away and got away with uh, doing things and saying things that other people couldn't. Um, and so, but it was uh, certainly, you know, you could, I, I couldn't, I mean, Rachel saw a whole bunch more books than me, um, but I, I, I couldn't make a living off of that doing it for much longer. And so it has been a, a, a nice, uh, a nice surprise to actually, you know, have books that people, go out and buy um and read and and you know it's nice <laughs> plus side to all of this so right right i love it well you, so you got a new book coming out um you want to talk do. a little a little, little about the new one coming out sure um it's called uh when god made the world and my first two books um you know god made light uh was the first book but it was not the first book that came out on uh the main uh, in, in, in the big publishing, uh, my, my big publisher, it was the second book. And so like the first two books was the first one was when God made you. And then it was when God made light. And I, I wrestled with the idea of, did I want to, um, what did I, did I want to do uh, a book that was when God made the world? It, to me, for me, it was a, it, I, I was tackling an idea that was, um, a little more like dependent on like the idea of like one biblical story um, and how, how would it be, how would it follow that story? Um, and so I, uh, my publisher was kind of like, I think that it, you, I think you should try. And so um, I wanted it to be, I wanted, if I could do that, I, I said I would do it as long as I could, could do it in a way that was a little open-ended in the sense of it didn't, like it followed, it follows the story of creation. Um, and in the sense that uh, like from a, an order of things. Um, and then I just, I don't, I don't talk about days and I don't talk about Adam and Eve. Um, God made people. And so um, I, uh, it comes out in January and I have uh, the art, I just got the art in like literally uh, like four or five days ago and it is just brilliant and magical and, um, and I'm excited about it. And so like when uh, we give you a little sample, um, it go it, like it's, it starts out in the very beginning before anything was before God started doing what it is. God does when all that existed was wide open space, God imagined a universe and began to create. Um, and it goes on from there to, to creating like 
the, the planet and a place for the story of us. And it goes into like, you know, plant, uh, plants and, and, and trees and animals. And then it gets down back to the end of it. And it's, um, and it kind of comes back to like how we take care of the earth and how we are a part of God's story and how we live and love, you know, how creation tells God's story um, and how we live and love tell God's story too. And so um, it's a, it kind of a, it's a, it, it's, it's very, it's very biblical, but yet it's different than what you, the ordinary creation book would be about. And so, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'll see, I'll see. It's one of those books where I'm like, I might hit right down that middle line where I'm, it's too, cons too conservative for one group and not conservative enough for another group. So who knows? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we'll, well see. I, <laughs> I, I saw on Twitter, you were kind of getting some um, feedback from, <laughs> from certain people who were not happy about what you had done. Yeah, like, and, yeah. and I was like, yay, we're going to have him on the podcast. So this is going to be a whole lot more fun. Uh, <laughs> it, it will draw some interesting people to our podcast. And uh, you know, I, and, and that's the hard thing. Like, um, when you write religion, whether you're writing a children's book or even, you know, some kind of big. Yeah. Bunker book. Just a sermon. Um, well, yeah, even just a sermon, um, that moment of interpretation by the listener or reader um, puts a sense of vulnerability out there. <laughs> um, and, totally. and, and, and especially as polarized as we are today, um, right. you know, um, it's just, um, that's I, someone that asked me, why don't I write a book? And I'm like, I don't want to see my book on the bargain shelf. And then I don't, and then, and then I don't, and then I don't want to see the Amazon reviews. Cause then the amount of therapy I'd have to have would be, and, but I can take a bad sermon and I can take the comments from the sermon and like, Oh, that's right. Your, right. You know, you, and you, you know what, you get used to it. Like I, it's one of those things where it's like, those first couple terrible reviews where it just like you, when it is a, absolute like you know when christians when conservative christians will and and honestly any christian any person of faith will review and critique a book or a piece of art and, and that's about faith they um and they don't and if they don't like it they are often they dehumanize you to some degree like they, it's, it is there is this uh there's a thing that we do that we are, we don't simply critique the, the piece or the, the, the creation, which, cause I, I mean, I, I, I have no, I think that when you put something out, it, it is up for debate, like whether it is a good piece of art or a, not a good piece of art. I, I don't, I don't, I like that idea. But when it starts to feel personal, when they discount, like when you, if you've put something in there and that they disagree with, they don't simply say, this is a book that I don't agree with. It's, it becomes a dangerous book. It becomes a book or an idea that is dangerous to other people. And mm -hmm. it's like, it adds, they add to this, um, they add to the story and it's really highly negative. So it did, when those first few times that I got those kinds of reviews, Oh, dude, they cut so deeply. Um, and it's crazy that people will even do that once in a great while. Not as often, but once in a great while, they'll do that with like a children's, my children's book. And, um, and it's like, you know, wow, that first time was like, okay, you've got way too much time in your hands to do that. But, you know, because it's like, 
somebody picked up one, the very first review that was like terribly negative was somebody picked up on the idea that I didn't use pronouns. Um, and they thought they saw it as such a negative, you know, because, you know, they think of God having a penis and like, that's, that's how they view God, the interact God, like their whole, their whole faith is built on God being a dude uh, or being like a dude. And, and so, um, you know, and, and they start the review off. If I could give this zero stars, I would, <laughs> you know, but, and, and it's, you know, and when you're, when you've only got a thousand words or usually 600 to a thousand words to, to work, uh, to, to work with, with a children's book, I mean, every word counts. And so, um, I was very, you know, I'm very intentional with the words I use and I'm very intentional with the words I don't use. And so, mm-hmm. because I yeah. think it all matter. Well, and, and I mean, that ties into what you're talking about with this new book, When God Create, uh, When God Made the World, right? In mm-hmm. this idea that um, God, had, God had this this image, you know, this imagination to create right. and, and creates the world in its fullness, right? Which it, nature, animals, plants, people yeah. right and and when we when we begin to look at people uh we dehumanize mm-hmm. when we look at the earth and nature and animals we we don't look at it as creation anymore we uh we take the life from it right yep. not and not just not literally but you, you know what i mean in in the sense of but, we don't look at that do, as a thing that god created we literally do that too like we do how in how we take care of things, in how right. we, um, you know, we are, I, I mean, we, we, people of faith, you would think that mm-hmm. we would be the caretakers of what right. has been created. Right. Um, and we aren't. Like, right. we're, we're, we're actually the enemy to being a caretaker to the, or, or not all of us, but like right. many of, like, we're, that's the, the stereotype is that mm-hmm. we are, not into taking care of what God has created. And I just don't, like, I don't, it's beyond me why, how that is even a thing because it's, right. it should be the very basis or basic part of who we are in God's, uh, you know, in, in our faith in God and, and how, we, uh, how we interact with God because God has given us the stuff mm-hmm. and you'd think we would be the one that, we would be the people to take care of it. Right. I don't know. It, just, and, and that's my point is we, we, we look at the, the people in the, in the creation around us and go, uh, you know, that's not, that's not what God created back then. Right. Uh, it, it no longer has that meaning. And so we dehumanize people. We dehumanize or not dehumanize, right. but we, we take the life and, and meaning from uh, all things so that we can use them and throw them away. Right. Well, that was, uh, we were sitting in it. Um, so I, I lead a men's Bible study on Wednesday mornings and um, we were reading Genesis one and I looked at everybody and said, so how are we being good stewards of the earth lately? And they all just kind of like, Oh, like, yeah. and, and so we were sitting there and, you know, we, we meet at McDonald's cause that's a nice central point in our town. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how often, you know, like, why do we need a cup? It has a lid and a straw. Like, why, like what good does that do? Cause you know, um, and started pointing out something like in living into some ways, some more, um, I, th- I think we've forgotten like how to really do that um, when we should know. Um, and I think it's because when we became like the, um, 
dominant oppressive force that we just like assumed that everybody knew what we were doing and it just kind of I mean, we can we can deconstruct that all we want to yeah, <laughs> for we days. Get, so we get used to the conveniences mm -hmm. of, of all the things that we have available to us. So to see, begin to see this or that as something that is harming, you know, the planet um, and actually make a choice to change that and our, change our behavior and no longer, you know, stop our, uh, our, our addiction to whatever it is that we feel like, you know, that we waste, um, you know, our use of plastic or whatever. And it's, um, but it's, we become so used to it that it's, it's, it's harder work than it should be. Um, and it's like we should have we, we started the conversations too late in, in, in some ways. Like we should have been on the front end of of preaching the the preaching not against but preaching and how to look at life in a more uh, sustainable, kinder way of doing things. Instead, we got caught up in the whole thrill of it. Mm -hmm. um, thrill of using straws and plastic and stuff you know we just we we became a victim of whatever it is our culture was you know handing us American culture I mean you know and and in, and in turn American culture has now affected other cultures everywhere else in their attempt to um, you know uh, use stuff and what's sad is that uh, while America has the infrastructure to handle the waste to some degree other places don't have that infrastructure in place and so how they handled waste and and uh and the stuff that it does not ever go away is is to throw it into they they are less inclined to do to handle it well not that we do it well all the time i'm saying but other places are even less inclined to do it well so maybe that could be your next book on uh, how God called you to be a steward. <laughs> so, and, we'll write a Ford for it. It'd be great. And, 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 yeah. And, I mean, and, uh, yeah. And, you know, I think that, you know, if we're going to make changes, I mean, I'm, I'm, we've got to teach our children how to do better. And, and I love the right. way that your books like introduce that thing that God is just God. Right. Um, and that it doesn't have to have a penis or, you know, like, I, I don't, I just find some life in that. And I found myself in the same way like you, when I was reading my children's stories or stuff like correcting it or like, no, I don't want them to have to deconstruct this later on in life. Uh, right. Uh, Cause nothing, I have to admit when I was in seminary, now granted, I was like the youngest person in seminary by far, but I would sit in the back of the class watching people who were older than me, you know, that could be my mom and my dad when the professor was deconstructing the Bible story that they grew up with on the felt boards, watching them wither away. And he just like, sinister, like, <laughs> yeah. like, I can't, you know, like, I can't believe you bought into that or you just, you know, and um, you know, drawing people to um, a, a better connection with a healthier connection with God. I think. And I, yeah. and I think that if we as progressives or we as people who are have, have gone through some sort of deconstruction or in the process of deconstructing. Like, I think it's important for us in that same space to be giving what, what is the life that we're going to give our kids? Mm -hmm. Like if we're going, if we're going to, how can I introduce God in a more healthy manner? Because so much of what we experience um, 
is often based on what we have left as opposed to what we stand on right. currently. And in order for there to be some sort of foundation for our kids to have faith and build on, we have to start creating things and ideas that give them something to hold on to. That give them, that give them some sort of like, you know, structure of how we interact with God and what's a healthy way to interact with God as human, humans. And how can we do that and, and, and do uh, like without without losing our humanity and without losing our, um, our sense of, of, of self, like our, our, the fact that God delights in who we are and how we do things and, and wants to see us um, interact with others and interact with ourselves in a healthy, happy, hopeful manner. Um, and so hopefully my book's bring that to life. And the other thing that the, the other big thing that I wanted to make sure that I at least tried to do with this book is um, I didn't want to create a book that kids would read and then they would go into their schools and find zero connection whatsoever between what they're learning about how the world works in science and what they would read here in a book about God creating things. Um, and while it's, uh, you know, so there are a handful of places that I open up a window for people, for, for, for there to be some grace in the story, to let room in, to, um, you know, I even use, like, I, there's one part where I'm like, um, where I say, <clears throat> yes, all living creatures from whales to snails, from those covered with feathers to those covered with scales, each God designed with a home in mind to develop and evolve if needed over time. Because when God made the world, every creature on earth became a part of life's circle, having value and worth. And it's, I don't, I don't give a lesson on, <laughs> this, is, this is not a book about evolution. But it leaves room open for God to not be at odds with what you're learning about in school because mm -hmm. there's very much a connection. They don't, have to be, uh, they don't have to be ideas that are constantly knocking at each other's, um, you know, or, 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 or butting, up, butting heads against each other. And I, and I think that's, that's the good thing that, that, that speakers, that pastors, that writers, people who have some sort of platform do right they they introduce an idea that leaves room for whomever is reading or hearing or watching to say yeah okay or you know here's here's maybe why i rub up against that and he, but here's why it, right. it leaves room for the here's why i agree with that and here's where it brings me life yeah. and well maybe here's where i'm going to push back on that and here's why you know yeah. and and that's what that's what good communicators do, right? Is they leave that door open for people to go, right. huh, or, oh, or, well, let me, let me tell you what I think. You know, let me tell yeah. you what I understand this to be. And so I might get a lot, I might, you know, I'm going to get some, this will be the book that uh, I'm, I'm going to get some pushback because people are good. really passionate. There's a lot right. of people that are really passionate about 
the six day creation, you know, it being uh, God made Adam and Eve and like, you know, and, and it's, I don't, I don't, I don't say that God didn't make Adam and Eve. I just say that God made people. people. Um, yeah. And so it, uh, We'll see. We'll see how it works out. <laughs> but, so, but I think that's, and, I think and, that's and such a beautiful place to be, though, um, because you are, you're, you're opening the door for conversation rather than giving the answers or saying the things that people want to hear and read. Um, we have enough of that in our culture today is oh, believe this way, think this way, right. do this. Um, well, and, and, and to give people that window is great. And, and I just, yeah, I just, I think those windows are grace. Like I really do. Oh like, yeah. I think because 100%. it leaves, it leaves us room to just wiggle around and like get comfortable in the, mm -hmm. in our questions and comfortable mm -hmm. in the things that don't make sense. And we, instead of having to, instead of that thing that, that, that seems to contradict what we believe becoming an enemy, mm -hmm. it becomes a thing that just contradicts our idea and it's not the end of the world. Right. Well, I think that's like the one thing that kind of um, makes me sad is that we don't tell enough of cultural creation stories enough. Yeah. Um, as, as someone who comes from um, a Native American family like myself, you know, those were the stories that we knew. And mm -hmm. so like when I was introduced to the Bible at a, you know, in a, in a preteen age reading this Genesis story, I'm like, you know, I, I always I joke with my mom and say I think the Cherokees told it better, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And, and it just provides a bigger you know it provides a bigger window um, that allows us to say hey you know like I don't see how you could do it in seven days like if if you need the literal seven days why like just tell me why right. and and you know un let's unpack that a little bit I mean and and I think if to have good healthy conversation I think you could actually start helping unpack it but just like saying you know I, I think in the world of theology we've done this thing uh, that modernity did so well for us was to say right and wrong mm -hmm. and and we did away with gray well then post-modernity came in and like kind of almost did the complete opposite right whereas like what if we just actually created space to have dialogue and say you know, like, okay, so you see it differently than me and that's okay. Um, you know, I mean, we've not created a space where we can say, even though we disagree, we can still leave this room together and we can still go have a beer. Or we can still go watch, you know, whatever X, Y, Z together. We've just said like, it's either. Instead, or. like it, it, we often will become so aggravated that that person becomes an enemy of what right. we believe or how we think about things and um and i you know and and when i you know i had the crazy pleasure and a privilege to go um on a uh 40-day experience with nat geo and morgan freeman in 2016 i think 2016 and um i was we traveled all around the world. Uh, I was the photographer and one of the writers on this, uh, their, their recording of uh, the story of God. And so I got to engage the, the, the beginning stories, the stories of creation from a Hindu standpoint and from a, you know, Islam standpoint and from a Christianity standpoint and, and got to listen and, and, and kind of like eavesdrop on, conversations of that 
you know, these incredible, wonderful, crazy, smart people would talk about how this is what they believed and this is how they, you know, this is the story of creation from this perspective. And, and every religion has a, has a creation story. <laughs> and, and, mm-hmm. and you start to see how they are often very similar and how they are, uh, you know, how they differ. Um, and some of them are, you know, are, are even more, you know, some of them are a little, they, they make the biblical story of creation seem almost practical. <laughs> so, like, it is quite, um, you, you, you start to realize that we're, uh, we don't have the uh, monopoly on creation stories and how things begin. Um, and as you bring up, like, you know, the in, uh, you know, indigenous people and how they told the story. And it's just, um, we, can, we can learn from all of the stories and they still be very much about God because they are, they're communicating, they're communicating our story and God created us. And so we are a part of that story. And so I feel like, I mean, I don't want to get all new age on you, but I mean, like, <laughs> I feel like we do get a little too, um, hung up on the actual details and the substance sometimes that's all no i think we do and and whether it's through creation or um gosh you take it all the way through scripture into into revelation right uh we get hung up in what seem to be minor details or you know points of well it's got to be this way but does it (laughs) does it have to be this way you know um is there room to open that window for grace but i always point to scripturally that like when man thinks that they have the knowledge of how it's going to go god's like nope i'm gonna do this and like time and time again i mean we you know um we we just have those images throughout all the scripture where you know god you know people like all right so this is how you know this is how the kingdom's going to come back in and it's going to be uh, it's going to be this image. And, and then like God comes in on this dude on a donkey and everybody's like, what the hell? Like, like this wasn't what I was expecting. And, and, and this is like, isn't it the, to me, I find that it makes, when you let go of these, all the things, it makes God bigger. Mm-hmm. It um like we, I, I grew up in a church that honestly, looking back, I, we were, we were worshipers of the Bible. Like we, we were Bible worshipers. We weren't God worshipers. We didn't, we didn't follow. We, we, we believed in Jesus, but if Jesus ever were to do anything that was outside of what we thought the Bible said Jesus could do, um, then it was, we, we, we would certainly, we would put the Bible above Jesus, but the Bible, the Bible became, our understanding of, of scripture became the sole, you know, foundation of everything that was about our faith. And in reality, it wasn't faith. It was knowledge. Like it was just like us knowing the Bible, what the Bible said, we'd have to believe it, blah, blah, blah. Like it was just like learning and saying that we believe. And I think that that's um, where you're starting. So I feel like, uh, well, you're starting to see that pushback on, from people saying that the Bible's not the fourth part of the Trinity. I mean, I, and, and that, that, right. that, that we've, we've allowed that to become that. Yeah. Um, and that, that there is, I mean, I, I push back on it all the time uh, on people when they say, well, the Bible says, and so I'll throw my Bible down and say, speak. And it doesn't speak. <laughs> um, right. The, the right. moment that it does, I may actually like, you know, there's a whole other thing I'd have to unpack, but yeah. 
and I think that that's where having these conversations uh, and, you know, people like sharing things like you're doing with, with these books of, of making small connections that maybe this might actually draw people back to scripture and say, Hey, what does it actually say? Like, right. you know, cause we have enough people like even in our country that have not opened their Bible. Uh, they may have several on the shelves, but like in the sense of actually knowing what it actually says, they may not know. And so they may say, Hey, you know, look, let's actually, I mean, I'm not saying that that will happen, but you know, yeah. One can, you know, as a pastor, one hopes and dreams that that yeah. happen. <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and yeah. so, anyway, so like to, I, um, all that to say, I'm, ex- I'm really excited about the book. And I, uh, I, I think that it could, uh, I, it, it offers just a different perspective on what, on a story that we have long um, heard over and over and over mm-hmm. again. And um, I, my hope is, I, I was going to try to find and read, read you the ending um, of it uh, if I am able to find it. But I, my all of my papers, I have these are like all the editing things that are going on in my <laughs> thing, and so um, I might find it here in a second. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I'm excited about it. It comes out in January, and so yeah. Yeah, no, we're we're super excited about it as well. And um, we when it when it does come out, uh, we'll have all of the links and things for our handful of listeners uh, to go and find it. Yeah. Well, thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> of course. So, so you know, Matt, we, we thank you for your time yeah. and uh, uh, coming on the show with us. And, and you know, the invitation is always open. Uh, you're more than welcome to come back. Uh, you know, love to have more conversations. <laughs> you with might you. want to like schedule it way in advance. Yeah, like. <laughs> So yeah, it's good stuff. We'll have all of his uh, links on our website at beardedtheologians.com where you can buy um, all sorts of good things, um, you know, help support the podcast. But we also have um, some really good interviews and blog posts up that we encourage you to go check out. And so for the Bearded Theologians, I'm Matt Franks. I'm Zach Bechtold. Thanks for checking us out. We hope you've enjoyed the conversations that we've had today on the Bearded Theologians Beardcast, and we'd encourage you to continue those conversations online at beardedtheologians.com or on our Facebook page. We also hope that you pick up a couple of coffee mugs to uh, satisfy your coffee mug collection. Have a good day.